tonight. Uh, welcome to our first ever Blaze Orange service. All right, and we really, we're still figuring things out as we go here. We had no idea uh, what this is going to look like. Um, how many of you guys were in the deer stand this morning? All right, I, I was in the deer stand this morning. Um, I'm going to briefly share with you, I had something happen this morning that has never happened before. Some of you guys already know this because you saw my entire video uh, journal of it. Uh, basically, if you've ever gone, so I've not gone raccoon hunting, but if you actually go raccoon hunting, many times you try and tree the raccoon. You know, your dogs are chasing after them. You get them up the tree because then they're stuck in the tree and they're yours. Well, today I was actually treed by a raccoon. All right. And so like about nine o'clock, I'm looking around at my stand and 10 feet to my side is a sleeping raccoon on a little log. And I don't know what that says about me as a hunter. I did not notice it until about 9 o'clock. All right, legal shooting was at about, what, 7.30, guys? And 9 o'clock, I see it there. And then I, I did see a deer, but the only reason why I saw the deer is because I, so, I was so enamored by this raccoon. The raccoon actually jumped. And I'm like, well, what caused it to jump? And I look up, and there was a deer running at me. And I'm like, oh, there, that's what caused it to jump. But it was a doe, and I wasn't really looking to gut anything today, so... We let that one go anyways. But then uh, the, the short of the story is I basically, he moved from there and went to the bottom of my stand and was sleeping about 12 inches from my ladder and would not move. And so when I, when I finally started getting hungry and I'm like, I want to get down and, and go, I started, I was kicking my stand and trying to get it to wake up and it'd look around and then I started dropping things. And I, I kid you not, I dropped everything. I dropped my knife. I dropped then the sheath of my knife. I dropped a water bottle. I dropped Fig Newtons. I dropped my left glove, then my right glove. And then, and pretty soon, so at the end, the very last thing I dropped was like, I have one of those hot seats, you know, those big pads you can sit on. I dropped that. And then it just walked over and sat on it and curled up and went back to sleep again. So I climbed down the ladder, but it was looking a little sketchy. It just, I think it was maybe sick, and I'm like, I don't really feel like messing with a sick raccoon, because I'm like, I, I need to get back here and not go to the hospital for a rabies shot. So uh, eventually, we got the thing to move after taking a 10-foot stick and literally pushing it down the trail, because it didn't want to leave. But uh, yeah, so that was my adventures this morning. Um, I, I grew up in Little Falls. We have the land that we hunt on uh, is actually just like three miles east of Little Falls on Highway 27 um, <clears throat> over there on your way to Piers. Uh, my grandpa was a game warden, so my dad and uncle spent most of their childhood and teen years hunting uh, and out in the woods and gutting roadkill deer uh, at one in the morning by the headlights of a truck. You know, that's my dad always says that. He's, anytime I complain, if I shoot one after, you know, you shoot it and then you're tracking it, you find it after uh, legal shooting's done and stuff and it's dark and it's cold and you're trying to gut it and he's like, it's, it's kind of like that I've walked to school uphill both ways in snow, you know. It's like, well, I got this many deer by the headlights. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So, uh, but yeah, I, I love that. We still have the land that they grew up on. That's, that's where we hunt. We mainly use it for uh, running around, planting trees. We do some deer hunting. Over the years, I did some squirrel hunting. But in my family, uh, how many of you guys are like this? We had to eat whatever we shot. Anybody else? Yeah, like they're, they're, you can't just shoot something for fun. Like if you shoot it, you better eat it. So I did a little bit of squirrel hunting. But there is not a good recipe that I have found yet for squirrel. So I kind of stopped doing that. Um, 
But we did have a few other things. We, we tried pheasant hunting out in our fields and didn't really ever have much. But, but there was a couple year window where actually we had a bunch of ducks that would fly kind of through uh, our land. And it was, it was really fun for the couple years that we had. And as I was kind of thinking about this message, I'm like, you know what? Uh, the type of duck hunting I did, it wasn't like decoys and, uh, and sitting there and waiting. We have a bunch of potholes and little ponds on our property. So I, I would go to each one and get in my belly and crawl all the way down as far as I could and jump up and then try and shoot the ducks as they fly. And um, As I was thinking about this, I'm like, you know what? There's, there's a few lessons I want to share with us uh, that I kind of learned from my time duck hunting. I know this is deer hunting and it's blaze orange, but I'm going to talk about duck hunting a little bit. All right, and I think we can apply some of these, not just to our lives, but even our spiritual lives. So uh, how many of you guys know the term flock shooting? Anybody heard that before? Flock shooting. All right, uh, simply put, flock shooting happens when basically, instead of aiming at one target, you aim in the general direction of many targets, okay? And you're basically hoping that you hit one of them. All right, so if a group of ducks is flying in, uh, you don't just pick one duck and shoot at it. Instead, you see that group, and you just kind of point in the general direction of that group and start shooting, and you hope that you get one. Okay, this, this is what flock shooting is. The problem with flock shooting is we are taking everything in, you know, your vision is so big and so wide, um, and you're so excited about all of it that, that you don't actually focus, and, and you don't end up focusing on one thing that you need to do, and you get distracted by everything else. I was reading an article, and um, Ducks Unlimited, and they said in a flight of ducks, I don't know how you'd measure this, but in a flight of ducks, you basically have uh, 95% of it is air, <laughs> right? So if, if you're going and shooting, you're trying to flock shoot, 95% of what you're shooting at is just blank air, and you're not going to get uh, anything. So we think there are so many targets, if I go for all of them, I am bound to get one of them, but it doesn't work that way, right? Like I love uh, the line from the Patriot, aim small, miss small. All right, that, that's kind of the thing. Aim small, miss small. It doesn't work that way, though. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. All right, so good duck hunters know to shoot one bird at a time. Now, I, I would say there's something similar uh, in our lives. I think there are too many people that in their life, they basically try and have it all, okay? Like, they look at the people around them and all the different things that the people around them are doing, uh, and what this other person is doing, and, and what looks good in their life, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to try for all of it. I like the, the house that that person has. Man, I like the car that they drive. Man, the job that they have looks like a lot of fun. Oh, all these different things. I'm just going to try, try and have all of it. I want to have the best life that there is. All right, and, and the focus of their life is so broad that they're actually never going to achieve any of it. For followers of Jesus, it's important that we can narrow down our life uh, basically to accomplishing the things that God has deliberately placed on your heart. That, that, that's part of what our calling is. We need to lead our families in a way that is specific, intention, intentional, and purposeful. We need to live our lives in that way. If you want to have a, have a great job, make lots of money, raise kids that will be successful, have a good marriage, build up a good retirement, oh, and like follow Jesus in this, uh, you can't have that type of mindset. Like, I'm going to do all of these things. I'm going to put my focus on all of these different things. Okay, so are you saying that, like, I, I can't raise good kids and provide for my family and follow Jesus and, and have a good marriage? Like, I have to pick one of those? No, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, what we're saying here is this. 
The approach that we have to life matters. All right? The approach that we have to life matters. If you think you can just live your life without intentionality and without purpose, uh, and you think you will somehow end up getting all of those things, it just isn't going to happen. It isn't going to happen. It takes focus and determination. The Apostle Paul, at the end of, of arguably one of his most influential and important letters uh, to the church in Rome, he says this, My ambition, or my focus, has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. I have been following the plan spoken of in scriptures where it says, those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I have been preaching in these places. You see, Paul had a focus in life, and he allowed that focus to guide his decisions. Like that focus, uh, it even helped him decide, even though he wanted to go to Rome, He wanted to go there. He wanted to meet with those people. This focus that God had given him helped him in that moment to say, this is where my attention needs to be. This is what's important right now. The other piece can wait. And he had this this focus. Some of us, I, I think we don't know what things we should be doing with our time. We don't know what we should say yes to and what to say no to. We don't know where our money and our our focus should be. It's because we don't have this God-given focus for our lives. Instead, we are just trying to have it all. Now, there's another side to that exact same coin. All right, so so some people, their focus is too broad and they flock shoot. Others are too narrow and they fail to take in what is happening around them and, and they miss incredibly important things. I remember in that season of good duck hunting at our land, I would have been in eighth or ninth grade, um, and, and we went out to our land that we have, uh, and I actually have a picture here. It's an aerial shot, kind of like a, a GPS of, so this is our land, kind of right off Highway 27, and you can see the different potholes that we have kind of around the land there, um, and so I would go out and go to each one, you crawl up, and ducks jump up, and you shoot at them, and if you miss, they just fly to the next one, and then you go there and jump the same ducks again, and Hopefully you get all of them by the end of the time. Well, I remember this one time uh, where I, I had gone through all of them, and I was all the way up in the top right corner uh, on the big pothole, big pond up there. All right? Um, and I walked down there, and my dad was with me this time. And, and the pond is, is probably about 200 feet across. So my dad says, okay, we see, you know, four or five ducks out there. You run around to the other side, and I am going to walk down closer to the pond and try and basically gently scare the ducks that direction so that they fly towards you. And then they'll fly right over where you're at. Because if you walk down there now and they jump, they're going to be too far away to shoot. So I said, okay. So I go to the other side. I get, you know, run all the way over there and I'm sneaking down. I'm, I'm close to it. So my dad starts walking down. And this whole time in my head, I'm thinking, now gun safety was huge for us. Grandpa, you know, being a game warden, like it was just, we were raised around guns, but it was absolutely like gun safety was huge. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm on the other side of the the pond. I'm like, okay, my dad's there. Highway 27 is right here. And we have a neighbor's house right here. Okay, so I have to remember those three things. I can't shoot in those directions. And and he comes down and the ducks get up and I jump up. And I I wait till they kind of move that way. And then I take my shots and the ducks fly off. 
and, uh, and I'm sitting there and, you know, your, your adrenaline is going and, and your heart's racing. And then all of a sudden in that same moment, three or four other ducks come and land at the exact same time. And when this happens now, my mind is like running and I see these ducks and my eyes get big and I'm like, sweet, a second chance, right? And so these ducks jump up and I am focused on those ducks and I shoot and I, I, I had I reloaded uh, as those other ducks took off. I saw these ones come and I shoved shells in quickly. They jump up and I, and I shoot, shoot, shoot and, and they take off flying. And I actually don't even remember if I got one or not because right away in this moment, I finish shooting and I realize my dad's on the other side of the pond. And I was thinking about that with the first group of ducks. And when the second group of ducks came, I was so focused on those ducks that I forgot everything else. And I start to kind of play it back in my head and I realize I just unloaded three shells straight at my dad. And I have this moment that hits me. And, and I, I start to panic. I don't see him over there. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. He was standing on that edge of the pond. But it's kind of, you know, rushes and there's some underbrush. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see him. He's not standing anymore. And I start to, like, just run as fast as I can. Kind of run. And I'm, I'm climbing through all the, all the brush and things like that. And my heart's just racing. And I just I got tears just starting to come down my eyes. Like, what happened in this moment? Now, thankfully, I think my dad realized that I was a little excited and a little ahead of myself here because he says, yeah, I saw those ducks land and I saw this whole situation playing out. And he hit the deck and he dropped down. I can't remember if he actually even got behind a log or something. He said he put his hands over his head and he's like, yeah, there was BBs hitting all around me. And I'm sitting there, and so I was actually this week, I was telling my mom this story. Apparently, he never told her this story. She's like, What? I'm like, oh yeah, this is one of those stories that I'm not supposed to tell you. In that moment, I I went from having this bigger view of, of everything in mind that I needed to be aware of to going into this tunnel vision moment where all that mattered was this one thing in front of me and I was missing everything else that was incredibly important in that situation. I felt awful. <laughs> and I, I think that happens to us. That happens. There's this, this equal danger of being so tunnel vision, so focused on the one thing in front of us that we miss everything else around us. This is why when we start deer hunting in our family for the first like three, four, five years, you're never allowed to have a scope. You have to shoot with open sights. I think some of that is a little bit of a, a, an ego thing as well in our family. I don't know. But you have to shoot with open sights. And, and I really think, though, it's a great learning thing. Because when you look through a scope, by the nature of the scope, you are looking at what you see right there. You're not taking in the full picture always. We have our job, and I think that there's times where we begin to, to focus too heavily on one thing. All right, and I even want to say this like to the men in the room. I think oftentimes something that gets so focused for us is this idea of providing for our family, right? Like this is something that I think for whatever reason, uh, anybody can feel that for sure. Uh, but as I've talked with men over the years, like th that is just something that is so heavy 
on a lot of guys' hearts. And they begin to play that over and over in their head. That this is my main job in life, is to provide for my family. And I think if, if we aren't careful, we, beca- we can become so narrowly focused on that. See, the Apostle Paul also says in another letter of his that is written in Corinth, uh, he says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. A chapter later, he says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. Aaron, I have a box in my office I forgot to grab. Would you grab that for me? So you hear these verses, and you hear the verse that we had earlier, and you're like, okay, like, which is it? Like, he's painting a picture here that I should be doing everything all the time. Am I supposed to have a narrow focus and be intentional in what I do? Or am I supposed to be taking everything in and trying to do everything? And the answer is yes. All right, I, I want to show a visual that I think will kind of help us with this. Because when, when you look at this, you can be like, okay, which one am I supposed to be doing here? Which one am I supposed to be doing? So I, I, I went and got these, and I was going to cut them down, but the reality is I decided not to because I'm going to return them. That's smarter, I think. So because I got up and I thought that this, this PVC pipe here, I'm like, that should be like 8 or $9, because at Fleet Supply it was not marked. No, it was like 21. I'm returning this. All right, so you look at a pipe like this. You can fit a lot through this pipe. A lot of different things could go through that. You look at something small and skinny like this. Like, you're not going to fit as much through, but it's going to be much, much more precise. Does that make sense? So you kind of look at these two things. I don't know if this one's going to stand, but we'll try. And you look at them, and I feel like this is kind of what Paul's saying. In one spot, he's saying, I have this narrow focus where I need to be so intentional in what I do. And then another spot, he says, I do everything, and I do it all for the glory of God. And I'm everything to all people. And I look at these, and I'm like, okay, well, what, what is it supposed to be? The large pipe that allows a lot of things to go through, or the narrow one? That is, that is very precise in what it does. All right? And then, I think actually, there's a third option. See, we have this funnel. And the funnel on one side is like this pipe. And on the other side is small and precise. And I think what we need to do in our life as we're figuring some of these things out is we need to learn to be like a funnel. And what that means is this, that our input, the things that that are coming into our life, that we pay attention to, that we allow God to use in our life and work in us, we don't want to miss anything. We want to have a big, open opportunity. But then we allow certain things to narrow that down and actually the output of our life, so the input is wide, the output of our life, the things that we actually do and we put our attention on and our focus on, then can become a lot more narrow and precise. So I think what that means is this. If you know what your output is, 
if you know what your funnel is, what, what is going to be the decision maker? For Paul in that first one, his decision maker was, I want to go where people haven't heard about Jesus. So then he had this opportunity come in to go to Rome. And he said, that's a great opportunity. I realize it's there. He didn't miss it. He just said, it's not for me right now in this moment. So I think what that means is this. When we, when we get a new job offer, instead of saying, okay, wow, this new job offer, I can make more money, I can have a better retirement, can start driving a nicer car, have a bigger house. You know, you have all these different things you're thinking about in trying to make this decision. Should I take this job? Instead, we need to know what is it that is going to narrow this down for us. All right? So what if, what if this is to say, all right, one of my main things in life is, is to help my kids love Jesus more. You know, maybe that's one of my funnels. And so this new job offer comes, and I say, well, does this new job help me raise my kids to follow Jesus better? And maybe the answer is yes. Maybe even the fact that it pays more allows me then to put more focus on my kids. I don't have to work as many hours. You know, or maybe this new job is going to take me to a new town, and right now, you know what, my kids are kind of struggling in the town that we're in. They aren't actually. My kids are in the room. Uh, my kids might be struggling because, you know, they've kind of gotten into the wrong crowd, hanging around the wrong people or something. So maybe this new job taking us away is actually a good thing. And, and so what we do is we don't miss the opportunities that God brings into our life. We have this open top to the funnel that we say, God, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to be so tunnel visioned that when something comes up in life, I completely, it passes me by. Instead, we want to be able to catch all of those, but then we want to funnel them down and say, God, what is it in my life that's going to help me make these decisions? What's going to help me make the decisions of how I do this? Instead of just chasing a bigger paycheck or 30 different opportunities that come in, so here's what I want for us tonight, and this is kind of what, how I'm going to close this. All right, uh, I, I want you to think about this, and I want you, you know, so we have hunters in the room here. So that means that probably over the next week and a half, you have a lot of time sitting in a deer stand, hopefully not being distracted by a raccoon, like I was. Uh, and instead, you have some time sitting there, you're looking around, and you have time to think. How many of you guys have noticed you have a lot of time to think when you're hunting? Yeah? And I want you to think about this. What, what is your purpose? What is your purpose in life? And what maybe few things has God specifically called you to in this season? And if you know what your purpose is, and that allows you to kind of have a funnel so that when things come into your life, what you do is instead of getting all big-eyed and, oh, wow, look at all this opportunity, you bring it back to that purpose and say, does this align with what God is wanting me to do? If God wants me to be cultivating and creating a better marriage, then this new job that's going to send me on the road all the time probably isn't the best opportunity. Does that make sense? Like, if we know what our purpose is, uh, something that God has called us to right now, it's going to make those types of decisions in your life way easier. All right, so, the couple things to think about right now. Are you essentially flock shooting in life? 
Are you just, you're wide open. Everything sounds great. You want to have it all. You want to do it all. And you don't really have any type of a guiding principle that's going on in your life. Are you flock shooting life, just hoping that everything works out? Or are you maybe on the other side and you are too narrow focused and you have one thing, you're like, I, I am providing for my family. Doesn't matter that I'm away every single night of the week and I don't ever see my kids because I'm, I'm bringing home money, I'm providing for my family. And in the meantime, there, there might be a really rough relationship there that needs to be worked on or something. That's too narrow of a focus. So in order to get to a funnel, then we just need to know this. What, what is my purpose? And allow that to kind of boil things down. I want to just close in prayer here, and then we'll do the last, uh, last couple uh, drawings, and then we'll go and you can shoot, grab chili, anything like that. So uh, God, right now, I, just, I, I pray over every person in this room. God, I pray uh, safety. Lord, as we are hunting and as we're out in the woods, and uh, God, that you just would give us sound judgment. Lord, that, that we would make smart choices while we're out there. God, we also pray that this time that we have uh, in the woods, Lord, that we would spend that well. God, that the time that we have where we get to think about different things and, and focus on different things, Lord, that we would take some of that time at least and, and just begin to, uh, to pose these questions to you. God, what, what is my purpose? What is my funnel? What is the thing that I should be focusing in on in this season of life? God, and that we would just give you time to speak. So Lord, we, we pray that, uh, that our time hunting would be fruitful for us, not just in, uh, in getting venison and getting whatever trophy we're going after, but God, also just in the time of sitting in the stand and, and us just reflecting on what you have for us. Lord, we ask that in your name. Amen.